Hello, and welcome to the All Things Hadoop podcast. I'm your host, Joe Stein, founder and principal consultant of Big Data Open Source Security, LLC. This is episode 18, A Talk with Marcel Korniker. And now, on to the show. I'd like to welcome to the podcast Marcel Korniker, an engineer from Cloudera. Marcel is the creator and architect of Impala. Welcome, Marcel. Joe, thank you. So, Marcel, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into Hadoop and open source? The way I got started in uh, Hadoop and open source in general. Before I uh, started Impala at Cloudera, I joined Cloudera basically and started working on Impala um, a few months after that. And before that, I have worked entirely on uh, commercial uh, closed source software. So I was at Google for seven years prior to joining Cloudera. And, um, you know, that's kind of the... Um, um, the, the, how the story basically developed. So, uh, yeah, that's really been my only exposure to open source uh, development. Can you tell us about the origins of Impala? Yeah, of course. Uh, so uh, for that, I also have to go back to Google. I was the, um, um, I worked on a system called F1 uh, that Google created internally, which is basically a scalable relational database system. And I was the tech lead for the a query engine for that system as well. So um, having worked on that, and I've worked on uh, query engines before in the past, but actually having worked on that system and having seen the benefits of that um, relational database made me realize that this was technology that was uh, going to be very valuable outside of Google as well. So that gave me the... Uh, basically the motiva- motivation to work on that in a different context. So this is basically how Impala was born. And then, uh, of course, Hadoop was already, at that time, this was two, um, 2010, Hadoop was already being used for, um, you know, was already being considered to be the uh, standard for large-scale data processing and was shaping up to uh, become very important. And so I figured that doing something like that, having interactive query performance in that environment. And um, so I started working on Impala at Cloudera. And um, about a year and a half later, we, uh, we released it in beta at uh, Hadoop World in um, 2012. And there was an immediate uh, response. I mean, there was, uh, it got written up a lot and things like that. So that uh, was a nice, uh, basically, verification that uh, my instincts and Cloudera's instincts were correct. Absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about the architecture around Impala? Yes. So the Impala architecture is looks very similar to that of a parallel a query engine, database system slash query engine, and uh, which means that you basically have uh, processing daemons that are co-located with all the places in the cluster where the data sits. So an, an Impala installation would typically have an Impala daemon running on every data node and on every region server. And um, you now have, when you have a user query come in, that is basically handed off then to a planner or an optimizer that takes that query and uh, processes it, analyzes it, 
uh, does a semantic analysis of it and then determines how that query needs to be executed given a set of query operators, such as doing a join or an aggregation, etc. And um, that is then broken apart. Impala knows where all the data files live and the locations of the block replicas of those data files, etc. And the optimizer then turns that into a set of planned fragments that are then handed off to the to the coordinator. Basically, there's a single instance uh, for every individual query. There's a the uh, node to which the as the coordinating node, and that coordinator then ex uh, orchestrates the execution of those planned fragments across all of the um, and across the entire Hadoop cluster. So. Um, that's basically what happens at, at runtime. So what it does is basically take advantage of existing data parallelism and do as much processing as possible uh, local to where the data lives. So that, that has the advantage that you need to move less data around. Um, Impala doesn't do, unlike MapReduce, Impala doesn't save intermediate state into HDFS. It uh, streams intermediate state directly from process to process where it's needed. So that's, that gives you a huge performance advantage and also uses fewer cluster resources, of course. So where does the orchestration part sit? If you have the daemons running on each node to take the query to you know, get to the data because it's local, where do you run the actual part of the Impala system that's actually accepting that query from a client? Or is there like a coordinator client request node or how does that work? Right. So the, um, there is all of the Impala daemons and they uh, are internally multi-threaded and can handle all of the uh, individual functions and roles. So um, what you would normally do is configure Impala with a load balancer such as HA proxy and uh, you would then end up sending client requests to any random, basically, Impala daemon, which would then assume the coordinator role for that particular query. So there's, so no, that, so there's, no, there's no master, no leader. Every daemon can act as a client coordinator that's right. for the actual that's orchestration right, yeah. query. So there's no, exactly, there's no uh, leader, no master. There's no single point of failure in uh, the Impala system. And interacted with uh, through a single instance of a thing called a catalog server. Uh, but for query execution, this catalog server is not in the path. So if the catalog server fails, you will still be able to run queries. Likewise, if any of the Impala daemon fails, you will still be able to submit and run queries. So uh, you talked a little bit about the file blocks. The Impala uses the Parquet file format, correct? Yes, that is, among other things. Like Impala supports a number of file formats, one of which is Parquet. Can you talk a little bit about the Parquet file format and then also talk about some of the other file format it, it supports? Yes, happy to. So uh, Parquet is a columnar format. We have regular Parquet sync up meetings, which are being held at Twitter, and we often have participants from, um, from LinkedIn, for instance. I think Netflix was also there. And there's also a company called Criteo that developed the Hive 30 for Parquet. 
So Parquet was designed with the explicit goal in mind of creating a state-of-the-art columnar format for Hadoop. So the goal was, A, to um, give you the best of what you can get in the commercial world on the one hand, and then also make that natively available across the entire Hadoop ecosystem. So uh, Parquet is not limited to Impala at all. It's also natively supported in, so with MapReduce, uh, and thereby with Pig, there's a Hive 30, uh, there's support for cascading, for instance. So that was that was really the goal. And um, to that end, Parquet supports a um, a set of encoders. The last release, 1.2, had um, run length encoding and dictionary encoding. And in the next release, we're also going to add sorted dictionaries and delta encoding, for instance. You know, more more efficient encodings that uh, give you better compression and also use up fewer CPU cycles at runtime. So what are some of the other file formats that Impala can support? Impala also supports uh, querying text data, so, you know, comma-separated text data or whatever separated text data, um, LZO-compressed text data, uh, Hadoop sequence files with um, various forms of compression, and Avro data files as well. So how would the Avro data files work? Just whatever the schema is for that file, and it could actually just then go and query it as if it was a, a column table structure, or how, how does that work? Yeah, uh, so the Impala, like Hive, physical data files that sit in your Hadoop cluster. So to that end, you basically, when you create a table, you create a mapping from uh, your data files and the physical structure of the data files onto the logical structure of your table. So in the Avro case, Avro has a, you know, Avro data file has a number of fields, and those fields are then mapped onto, and uh, Impala has a specialized Avro scan node that's basically written specifically to um, decode Avro data and then convert that into the internal canonical format that we use for data processing. So there's a little bit of a prep step that you would take for an Avro file so that you can then be able to query it in Impala so that you could have that mapping in that in, in that table. Is that correct? It's basically, well, the only prep step is really uh, that you create the table. So yep. That's... Right, yep, yep. Right, so you can just create a, t create a table and then have it be for your Avro data file or your sequence file, right? Your key value pairs or exactly, your yes. Parquet format file. Right, are there yeah. are there are there benefits to using the Parquet file format versus another file format? Yes, there are. Um, Parquet gives you a very good compression and b much better uh, runtime performance. So we've we've measured. Um, you know, I mean, you can. It depends on the query, but you can get a fairly substantial uh, speed up factor from just using Parquet. So like, how, you know, yep, how factor you, two, three, five, something like that. That's great. How would you? How would one? From a developer's perspective, let's say you had data and you wanted to write it to HDFS and then you wanted Impala to read from it, um, you know, is there like an insert into table function or would a developer just grab the Parquet API and just create the Parquet file format? From a developer's perspective, how, do you, how would you best insert data so that it can be queried in Impala? Ah, yes. So um, there, Impala does have a bulk insert statement, so you can, um, you can run an insert, insert into table, select something from um, in order to basically stream the data into that table, and Impala will then write the data into the table. Um, that is a good way in order to convert data into Parquet. So let's say your data comes in as text, 
you would then create a table that is backed by these text files. You could then also create a second table, but with Parquet, and then you simply insert the data into the Parquet back table from some other uh, supported file format into Parquet. That's a possibility, for instance. So you don't need to deal with the Parquet API, per se, and query them. So are there, are there partitions that you have to worry about in Impala or any other type of uh, structures of the data? Um, or is it just everything in the file format and you're good to go? Yeah, Impala also gives you the ability to partition your data, which is basically um, a physical organization. You divide up the data logically and um, into, let's say, you have a fact table where you're accumulating things by date. And you decide, you, a lot of your queries specify a particular date, so you want to partition the data by the date. And um, that partitioning is then reflected in the directory structure. And Impala knows how to take advantage of that. So if you then specify a particular date in a query, Impala will then only read the files under that particular directory for that date. So that's a very useful um, performance tool, tuning tool. Um, and uh, but beyond that, right, you should think about your file format per se. So like I said, uh, Parquet gives you extremely high performance, has the downside of not being able to stream data in and append data very easily, right? You're, not, you're definitely not going to want to add a single row to a Parquet back table. That would, be, uh, that would be too much overhead and you would get very, very small files. Right. So uh, you should think about that setup and how you might want to convert from data that gets streamed in and maybe collected from logs and then turned into a more efficient format such as Parquet. Right. So what are some of the type of uh, performance metrics that we're talking about? You know, typically with MapReduce jobs, you could be doing a job that may take a minute or uh, an hour, you know, even multiple hours. Um, What are some of the type of performance metrics that uh, you've been able to achieve with Impala? We ran some um, TPCDS-derived benchmarks and of which, for which we published the results. And there you can run queries on um, terabyte, a terabyte-sized setup. So in this case, this was a 15-terabyte scale factor uh, data warehouse-like setup on a 20-node cluster, and you get response times in the 7-8-second you know, range. If you have, let's say, less data and more nodes, you can obviously also get sub-second response time so where where are the bottlenecks um are there are is it the streaming from the hard drives do you cache data in memory can you talk a little bit more about the way that uh you know the hardware architecture maps to where the software is running yeah of course the so uh, impala doesn't do any caching to address that it actually wants to rely on the um facilities that are provided by hadoop in particular hdfs itself so, for instance, performance bottlenecks are, in which case, you know, you might want to, um, um, you might want to have a higher core count on your hardware, or simply add more nodes. Um, a query can be I/O bottlenecked, in which case you would also want to add either more disks or, in general, more nodes. And um, or you might want response times, which basically require um, in-memory caching, in which case, obviously, you want large. Um, servers with a large amount of memory, and you also want to enable a feature called HDFS caching, which uh, is available in the latest CDH release, uh, CDH5 beta, and is also part of HDFS uh, upstream, 
um, the um, right the upstream version of it, and um, what that basically gives you is the ability to pin data sets in memory. So you can do that for an individual file or for a whole directory. And what that does is the name node then decides to place the data in memory at one of the um, data nodes. And the name node knows about the location of that. So Impala can go and ask the name node for the uh, location of that cache data. And when it then runs a query on that cache data, which it does locally, it gets access to the data um, by basically uh, mapping it into its address space. So what that gives you is basically completely overhead-free access to the data that is cached in memory. And uh, compared to something like uh, OS buffer caching, a, on some queries, a factor of like two or three speed up. So it's very dramatic. And uh, that's an example of basically Impala working hand in hand with the facilities that are available in the Hadoop ecosystem, such as HDFS, in order to get the most out of your hardware. And that caching could happen prior to you actually making the request, it sounds like. So you could actually beforehand say, hey, I'm going to go and use this data set, make some call to HDFS. HDFS will then go and cache that, and then you can go and do your operations after it. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. That's basically what you would do. You would decide in advance that this data set is accessed so frequently that that's the, you know, the best way to query it. Yep. And um, that's basically ha what happens then, yes. Yeah, so it's a much more intelligent uh, cache than the OS cache. That's, uh, that's awesome. So what are some of the, what's the future of Impala? What's, uh, what's happening next? Where do you see things going? I see definitely where we see things going and where things are where, where things will be going this year is uh, more complete SQL support. So on the immediate roadmap are uh, support for analytic window functions. So if you know if you use SQL a lot, a lot of our customers have requested that basically um, like um, analytic functions or aggregate functions with the over clause, you know you can say sum over partition by order by, etc. Um, that's definitely of great interest. There's going to be additional support for user-defined functionality, in particular user-defined table generating functions, which are, Impala already supports user-defined functions and user-defined aggregates. So the user-defined table generating functions are interesting if you have logic that uh, where you basically need to consume a whole data set and you produce another data set. So, for instance, some of our financial customers are interested in um, building models using basically custom functionality, but using Impala for all of the data plumbing, so to speak. Um, that's definitely also on the horizon, on the relatively immediate horizon in version 2.0. And in version 2.0, we will also be adding support for nested structures. So basically columns that are uh, structs, arrays, or maps. And we will be making uh, extensions to SQL that basically reflect the origin of SQL and um, extend that naturally in order to be able to query embedded repeated structures with the same SQL facilities that you can use for tables, which are in essence, you know, repeated structures. Right. Um, so that's basically, and then we will also be filling in more SQL gaps, such as uh, subqueries, correlated subqueries, the exists clause, things like this. Uh, so that our customers can move more and more of their analytic workloads over to 
using Impala and um, using it against data that sits in Hadoop, basically. Are, are there functions that are supported, like sum and count and, and group by and all that kind of stuff? Um, or is that still kind of in the future? Or does that, those type of things exist now, you know, average, oh, et cetera? That exists, uh, that exists now, right? This is, that's very basic SQL functionality. And Impala already supports um, ANSI SQL 92 with some caveats. Like I said, it's missing uh, correlated subqueries. And uh, right now, obviously, you cannot do single row inserts into HDFS backed data. So if it's if you're already uh, pretty much NC ninety two SQL compatible, um, are there ODBC and JDBC drivers? Does this work with Excel? Can you talk a little bit more about the client ecosystem that can connect into Impala? JDBC drivers, that is correct, and um, the client ecosystem basically connects through those. There's also Impala also supports um, Kerberos and LDAP authentication, which is very important again for. Um, commercial and typical commercial environments where you have more stringent security requirements. And Impala also supports uh, a thing called Sentry, which is basically role-based authorization that is available also for Hive. So Hive and Impala can share the authorization settings and you can use what basically amounts to traditional SQL style authorization access to particular tables or to particular columns and tables, etc. So that is all um, supported. And we do have, we actually partnering with a number of business intelligence tool vendors, and they're using exactly that. They're using ODBC and JDBC drivers, basically, to connect Impala or to query Hadoop data via Impala. Thank you for your time, Marcel. All right, Joe. Thank you.